All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Hi, Mary. Hi, Anna. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank God. It's a beautiful day out. Tell me something I didn't need to know. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> Because some days you just need to try it more than once. Try, try again. And then you pick the best. <laughs> I'm Hannah Green. I'm Mary Swartz. And we are happy to have you here with Absolutely. us today. Thanks for spending time with us today, guys. We hope that your day is as awesome as ours has been. The Hell sun yes. is shining. Hell it yes. is warm out. We got to enjoy a cup of coffee together outside. Oh, delicious. Cause delicious coffee. Don't tell anybody, but Mary took the day off. <gasps> Oh my gosh. I know. I know. It's awesome. It, it was, and it was very nice to get to spend a little extra time I together. Know. So what are we drinking? I have no idea. Well, if Ooh. you'd like to taste it, I'll tell them. All right. I'd love to taste it. It's a pretty blue color. It is. It's like an ocean blue color, so it's got a little hint of green in there. A little coconut in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I love some coconut in my drinks. We're drinking blue Hawaiians today. Yay. They are good. Yeah, so it's they got uh, it's got some white rum, it's got some blue caraco, some pineapple juice, and some coconut milk, coconut cream, coconut Co cream, coconut yes. cream. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It is light. It is nice. It's a I perfect like it. drink for today. Oh yes, it is. Oh, that is very lovely. Oh, delish. Yes. yes. Everybody should be so lucky to get to drink while they're working. I know. I wish I could drink while I work at my other job. Some days. I do drink at my other job. I just don't tell them. <laughs> anyway. Um, the other podcast. Yes. Let's talk about the other podcast. Today is August 1st. On the 4th, on Wednesday morning, Murder, Mischief, and Moscato is putting out the tragedy of Baba Yaga. And we're going to learn some Dom Perignon facts. Yay. Which, I don't know if people have tried Dom Perignon like we have. I don't know, but I also think that you and I may not necessarily have traditional taste. We do not, because I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it either, but we also, what we drank was a little more on the dry side, and you and I don't tend towards dry wines. That is very true. So. All right. On Wednesday the 11th, Murder, Mischief, and Moscato is putting out The Man in the Attic. The story oh, about yeah. Dolly Korschel and Otto Sandhuber. And we also learn how to properly store, okay, how to not store a dead body. Yeah. That was a good story. That was a fun story. Yes. That that episode was so much fun to do. Most of them are, though. Yes. Mo most of them are. Some of them are a little deeper, but most of them are very fun to do. Uh, any of our listeners... If you are a podcaster and you want to cross-advertise, hit us up. We'd love to do that. Absolutely. Feel free to share this podcast with everybody and anybody you want to. Yeah. All right. You know what August 1st is? Uh, it's a Sunday. It is a Sunday. It's the first day of August. It is. That's why they call it August 1st. What? Yes. I wasn't going to tell you, but apparently you figured that out on your own. Oh, okay. All right. Good, good, good. What <laughs> else is it? It is National Girlfriend's Day. Aw. Yes. 
National Girlfriends Day encourages women across the United States to get together and celebrate their very special bond of friendship. Girlfriends fall into many categories. While many grew up together, often others meet through work, or college, or other things that they do. Still others share a bond much deeper because sisters and mothers meet the definition of girlfriends too. Though these types of relationships cross our minds frequently, we often, fit, we often fail to set time aside to spend with each other. The day promotes the laughter and the joys that girlfriends bring. Rarely do girlfriends let another one of them go it alone. So always, you know, if you have a girlfriend, they, they're there to support you because yes. that's what real, real girlfriends do. Yes. Good, bad, whatever, they're there to support you. Not only do they enjoy spending time together, they support each other too, as I just said. While laughing and sharing secrets, girlfriends offer advice, celebrate successes, commiserate failures, when it's time for a glass of wine, a chat over a cup of coffee, going for a long walk, girlfriends are there. Friendship is one of the most special connections that we will make in life, so just remember that. Whether we have one or many, girlfriends make life better, fuller, and much more complete. These are the friends that make you laugh at life's silly things. A girlfriend is the person you turn to when life is not so kind. In its very simplest form, National Girlfriends Day celebrates the unlimited ways that life is better with your girlfriends in it. So, today, just reach out and let your gal pals know that you're thinking of them. Let them know what they mean to you. Let them know how special that they are in your life. Whether you go out for lunch, a drink... Talk about the past, talk about your future dreams, just a small token of appreciation, write them a letter, send them an email, pick up the phone. Just make sure that these relationships don't become neglected. And whatever you choose to do to celebrate National Girlfriends Day, don't forget to hashtag National Girlfriends Day on your social media. Yay. I know. That feel good. Well, it's funny that you chose National Girlfriends Day. Yeah. Because... The first Sunday of every August yes. celebrates the unique bond between sisters. <gasps> Ooh. It is National Sisters Day. Sweetness. We find we fit into both of them. We do, very much so. So, of course, sisters embrace moments that make them laugh and cringe. And despite the fact that many sisters don't always see eye to eye, for most of us, our sisters would be the first one there to kick somebody's butt. If they did us wrong and kick our butt if we made a stupid choice. Yes. After they sympathize with us, then occasionally we need a good ass kicking. Yes, occasionally. All siblings are going to have the odd arguments here and there. Yep. But deep down, those arguments mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of sisterhood. That is true. Our sisters are the ones that hold us up, cheer us on. As we already said, kick our ass, dry our tears, laugh with us, buy us a favorite bottle of wine, buy us their favorite bottle of wine. Yes. (laughs) Surprise us at a Mexican restaurant. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. And of course, no two sisters are going to be exactly alike. Even if you're identical twins, every sister will have their own personality and their own quirks, quirkiness. Yes, absolutely. But despite all of that, 
There isn't anyone in your life that can ever replace your siblings, especially your sisters. So even if your sister harassed you from the day you were born, <laughs> rolled you up in a rug and stuck you on a shelf. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea why anyone would do something like that. Try to cut glass out of your foot. <laughs> Play tennis with you and run through the mud. The good old days. You know, in the end, your sister is the only one that you will share these particular memories with. So cherish them and let them know just how much they mean to you. If I go first and you end up taking care of me, I want some of those stories. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. That is awesome. Sisters are forever. Hell yes. So take a minute today and just show your sister a little love. All right. We can drink to that. Of course we can. We drink to a lot of things. Yes, we do. So I have, and I don't usually do this on this podcast, but I have something for this day in history that I thought was kind of awesome. Okay. In 1876, on August 1st, Colorado was admitted to the Union as the 38th state. So happy birthday, Colorado. Yay, woo! That's that's very cool. I thought so when I came that across that, and I cool. thought, all right, let me throw that in there. Super, super duper cool. Yeah, all of right. course. Just like us. Super duper cool. Hell yeah. All righty. Yes, Maddie, you have tidbits for us I today? Do. Okay. All right. So the police say that an Iowa man attempted to get revenge on his local McDonald's. Did he throw an alligator through the window? Nope. I think we already heard this story. No. I didn't throw. No, that was Wendy's. Oh, that was a Wendy's. That was Wendy's. Okay. This is McDonald's. Oh, okay. Apparently, when you order chicken McNuggets and they forget your damn sauce, you feel the need to take revenge out on them. You can't just go back to the window and say, hey, you forgot my sauce. Can I have some? Apparently, that's not quite good enough. I don't even do that. You have to get revenge because they forgot your damn sauce. And maybe you shouldn't be at McDonald's ordering chicken McNuggets anyway. But that's really beside the point. That's another podcast. The Ankeny, Iowa police arrested Robert Goldwitzer Jr. After he allegedly threatened to blow up the restaurant. Are we extreme? Can you say extreme? Extreme. Jesus. And punch an employee. Now, are we blowing up the restaurant and then punching the employee? Because I don't think that's going to work. No. Over missing condiments. Yeah. Investigators told the station, it was a television station who did the report, that the 42-year-old, investigator said that the 42-year-old suspect called the fast food chain after he discovered his order was incorrect. Okay. Threatened to blow him up. Punch the employee in the face over fucking barbecue sauce. And you're talking about an employee who is most likely a teenager or young adult. Yep. Making a minimum wage and working his ass off. And he legitimately, I'm sure, forgot the freaking. It might not even been his fault. Yeah, a lot of times the people working the window, the bag is packed, handed to them. They don't even have any control. Right, they just hand it out the window, say, have a good day. Thank you very much. Right, and they assume that it's already been double-checked, it's ready, and and just so the poor dude yeah. at the window not only gets threatened to have you punched in the face, blown up, and occasionally they get alligators thrown on them. That's Wendy's. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying they were working the window too. I've also heard of people throwing soft drinks through the window, ice cream cones through the window, and people all kinds are of rude. Them. Yeah, get alive, people. 
Get a fucking life. I do have a little a little tidbit for us. All right. What do you think about a peacock? A peacock? Peacock. Peacock. What comes to mind? Um, they're big birds. Yes. They are beautiful. Yes. They can get very angry. Yes. Which is when they're beautiful. And they're extraordinarily noisy. Yes. They're when they're vocal. Oh, they, they scream. screech. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Along with all of that, they are all over some Southern California neighborhoods. We saw them in Florida roaming the streets. Yes. When we were on vacation there. In Southern California, feral peacocks have been a presence for decades. Does that mean they're wild? They are wild. Damn. But I was gonna take a selfie with one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were tame. No. <laughs> Um, but these these peacocks, as beautiful as they are, they cause property damage, mm-hmm. and they actually are causing people to lose sleep at night. They scream. Because, yes, they have a piercing scream, and there are so many of them. Like, in the last few years, their population has just exploded. Oh, my God. So, Los Angeles County officials are taking a stand. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors... Voted, um, I want to say in June, to, they voted unanimously. Okay. To ban feeding the feral peacocks that roam the streets. Makes sense. International, oh, intentionally, sorry. Intentionally feeding a peacock can now lead to a fine of $1,000. And now PETA's going to get involved. Or up to six months in prison. PETA's going to get involved. The L.A. County Animal Control now has to file paperwork for an ordinance for a review. Okay. And apparently there is actually a ban that's been in place in nearby Arcadia, California for years, like, to try to keep people from feeding the peacocks. So it's just, I never thought that I would come across a headline that says, officials want you to quit feeding the peacocks. The feral peacocks. I did not think I would ever hear that headline. The SPCA says brightly colored the brightly colored birds often peck at their reflections in car windows. They destroy gardens and roofs, and it ends up costing a lot of money oh, yeah. in repairs. It would. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, there are people who love peacocks. They view these feral peacocks as pets that they can. Feed. Then contain them in your own yard. Contain them in your own yard. They give them witty names. The thing is that they can fly. They can fly up on top of roofs. So containing them, you would actually have to cage them. That's that's one of the things. Wow. Yeah. And peacocks are actually typically afraid of people unless people are feeding them. So why can't we sterilize some of them? If we sterilize some of the females, or most of the females, then you're not going to have this overpopulation. Right. So, and the problem is that the more people feed them... The friendlier they get, the more they root into stuff. And it makes it harder to get rid of them because they have an abundance of food and they know where to get it, and so... So we bring in the peacock vet. (laughs) Peacock vet. And we start capturing the females and we sterilize them. And then there's no more little baby peacocks running around. And in about two years or three years or whatever, the population is way back under control. 
I think that, that is a less expensive answer yes. than trying to find people who feed them and repairing all the damage that they're doing. Well, and the other thing is that it has been pointed out, peacocks tend to stay in an area where they have food. All right? Yeah. So if they could be humanely caught and trapped yeah. and relocated to ranches, ranches or sanctuaries that were willing to take groups of them in, that that would be a more... True, that would be an answer, too. It would be an answer that would fix... Yeah potentially help to fix the issue would be humane and wouldn't cost much in the line of money. See, we have a couple of very low cost solutions for Los Angeles. But yes, you I'm just a, have to listen, Los Angeles, you have to listen to us. But I never thought I would see a headline that says officials want you to stop feeding the feral peacocks. Pardon me, what? No kidding. Now that we've solved a world problem. Yes. A woman attempted to prank her former co-workers by wearing the same Hawaiian shirt to hundreds of Zoom meetings. <laughs> Every day she wore the same shirt. Okay. But the joke ended up being on her. She lives in Washington, D.C. She's identified only by the name of Jackie, so we don't even really know if that's her real name. She said she wore the shirt to 264 Zoom meetings between April 2nd of 2020 and June 16th of 2021. Not a single person ever noticed. Oh, that's funny. Of course, that is almost a meeting every day. Yes. That's like a meeting every day and a half. And no one well, noticed. Well, and, and keep in mind that you don't usually have meetings on weekends. Well, I don't know what job she did, right. so they may have. No one ever noticed. Well. What does that say about us? It's not that. Human beings. I have I've been there when there were Zoom meetings going on. And the more, in fact, I've done Zoom things at work. The more people that are on the meeting, the smaller your pictures get. So if you have 20 people in this Zoom meeting, you have 20 people's pictures on your screen. They're not very big at this point. Okay, makes sense. So she may have thought that they would notice, but honestly, depending on how many people were in the meeting... And if she works for a really big company, it could be a lot. Yeah. People may not have even noticed. And some people may not even actually look at their screen because they may be multitasking. And you can have Zoom open and be able to talk with it without actually, like, looking at your screen. Okay, fair enough. So, just saying. I was going in the opposite direction that people are assholes and pay no attention to anything around them. Short and sweet. be different if she wore it to 264 meetings in person. You think they would have noticed? I don't know. The women would have. The men wouldn't have. I wish I could remember who it who it was. I want to say it was a famous person, like a celebrity, who, but it may not have been. It, it may have just been an ordinary person, but she had Zoom meetings for work or for whatever. And her husband would dress up in different costumes and appear <gasps> in the that. background. Oh, I saw that. Like, like Spider-Man, Batman, The Flash. Yes. And she that. And she seemed to be completely oblivious to it. Yeah. I did see that on, online. That was really amusing that to was. me. I thought... That was real funny. And, of course, it was in the middle of the pandemic, and everything seemed like it sucked. And to add just a little bit of 
of laughter without hurting anything to, to people's day, that made me smile. When the pandemic started and we were all confined to our homes and the majority of us could not go out for anything. Yep. First of all, I was very extremely jealous of my husband because he got to go to work every night and talk to real people. And you tend to find the little things in life that make a difference. Yes. And there were a lot of people out there that did things to entertain the rest of us. Oh, yeah. That were so amusing and so wonderful yeah. and so awesome. And Yes. People yeah. who allowed their kids to, like, turn their great big front windows into murals with finger paints. Or, yes. Or um, I saw people that did it where they took basically like painter's tape and they taped off like and they turned it into stained glass yes. and like I just saw all kinds of really amazing things that yeah. were done and I thought that was awesome. I believe, honestly, I believe that the pandemic brought out the worst and the very best in humans. Yes. You saw some real awful shit, but you saw so much overwhelming kindness and thoughtfulness and caring amongst people who didn't even know each other. It was overwhelming. It was pretty amazing. It Honestly, was. it was. It was. Anyway, that's my, you know, I'll get off my soapbox now. All right. Any more tidbits for us today? No. My last tidbit's kind of like a short story, so. Okay. All right. You want to hear it or you want to go? Hit me with it. All right. We're going to call it Jack, the new Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Four years ago, there's a farmer. He lives in India. Okay. His name is Sankop Sikh. Harahar. He travels to the southern Indian city of Chennai in search of hybrid coconut seeds. He's a farmer. Yes. <clears throat> During the train journey, he struck up a conversation with a man seated opposite him. When he learned that Parahar was a farmer, he offered to sell him a special mango sapling for their, their currency, 2500 of their currency, which in our currency is about $33. Out of curiosity... The farmer takes a chance and he buys the sapling. Right. So the farmer says, I didn't know what the mango breed was, but I named it Damini after my mother, and I planted it. He lives in central India. He says, I grew it, the little sapling, like an ordinary mango plant. Okay. He's a farmer. He knows what he's doing. Do mangoes grow on trees, don't they? I believe so. Okay. But it's a sapling, so that's a little tree. Right. But a few months later, he saw that it had developed a beautiful red color. When news got out that Parahar had a special red-hued mango variety on his farm, he was approached by businessmen from the Indian cities of Surat and Mumbai. And it was only when they offered him more than 21000 of their dollars. I don't know what their currency is. Okay. But in our currency, it would be $283, which, okay. remember, he only paid $33. Right. He realized it was something very valuable. Okay. The special mango that he had ac accidentally come across was, in fact, the Japanese Miyazaki mango, if I pronounce that correct. Okay. Considered to be the world's most expensive mango variety. Oh. Also known as the egg of the sun, the Miyazaki is often found in special auctions in Japan. According to local Japanese media reports, one box of two, two Miyazaki mangoes sold for a half a million Japanese yen, which is $4,500 in American money. Dear God. Yeah. Two. 
Just two. That's $2,250 a piece. Uh, didn't you say $4,500? Yes, but there was two mangoes. Right. So it's not $250. It's $2,500. $2,250. Oh, $2,250. Yeah. You're right. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on you're good. A, on average, a single Miyazaki costs $50 and is considered to be a luxury gift like premium chocolate. Or be, pink pineapple. And, or pink pineapple. These mangoes have a deep red outer skin. I kind of want to plant one of these saplings. A melt-in-your-mouth texture and an exceptionally sweet taste. The pulp is like jelly. The color is stunning, and you can even eat the outer peel. Wow. So basically, except for the pit, you eat everything. I love mangoes. I do, too. We need to find a sapling. Okay. Um, So currently, the farmer has managed to grow about 52 mangoes in his orchard. So that's a pretty hefty profit for him. Yeah. Despite the exorbitant price that they command, he and his wife have decided not to sell their fruit just yet. Last year, after a local news channel reported that we had these mangoes, this is him talking again, a thief broke in and stole 14 mangoes. What the hell is wrong with people? A lot. So they have now hired a team of guards, and they pay them in American money. They pay him $108 a month. He says he would rather pay for security than lose these mangoes because the mangoes to them are worth so much more than money. That's crazy. Yeah. He met him on a train. Perfect stranger. Hey, little boy. I've got some magic beans for you. I know. I was like, I'm reading this story, and I'm like, what does this remind me of? And it clearly did take me a little while to figure out what, what it reminded me of. That is a of. very cool story. It is. But it does make me want to, like, to get a, one of these mangoes yeah. and try to grow it. Hell yeah. Wow. We could put it in a pot. Wow. We absolutely could. All right. Yeah. Would you like a story, Mary? Absolutely. We, that's what we're here for. We are here to tell stories. True stories. Weird well, stories. I have titled this one, So You Think You're a Coffee Lover. You scare me occasionally with your titles. Why? Because I never, ever, ever know what the hell's coming out of your mouth. Ever. Ever. I never know what your stories are going to be about. Do you want to guess? Coffee. It's about coffee. <gasps> Woo, I got it right. Now, I am probably going to butcher this. Great. Have you heard of Kopi Luwak? Is that a coffee variety? Yes. Okay. Is that the one where the monkey eats the coffee bean? Not a monkey. This is the coffee that's made from beans that have been extracted from the feces of civets, which are a type of wild cat. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't know which is worse. So Kopi Luwak is rare cat poop. Monkey poop. Expensive and supposed to be amazing. Okay. Here's my thought. I'd rather have it from a monkey because they will at least throw it at me. I don't have to go get it. (laughs) Well, what if I told you that that isn't the rarest or the most expensive coffee in the world? Okay. Let me introduce you to Black Ivory Coffee from Thailand. Okay. This coffee cost $120 for a mere 1.2 ounce of whole bean. Are we actually talking about coffee now or something else? Coffee. You sure? Yes. Are we snorting coffee? Nope. Okay. Comes out to around $1,100 US dollars per pound. That will not be in your stocking for Christmas this year. It is very expensive and it is very rare. Duh. 
In fact, it is claimed to be the world's rarest. We need to get some of those coffee beans, too. And most expensive coffee. We need to get some coffee beans. Start our own little orchard out back. Only around 330 pounds of this coffee are produced every year. Now, at $1,100 a pound, that's a pretty decent We're going to take some crash. <clears throat> the price is largely due to the high amount of coffee cherries needed to produce the final product. So, did you know that a coffee bean actually is called a coffee cherry? Nope. Okay. When it is raw, before it's been, like, processed and roasted, it's called a coffee cherry. Okay. Okay. In fact, it takes approximately 35 pounds of coffee cherries to produce a single pound of the final product. Which is probably typical of most coffees, I would assume. No. Okay, just pretend I didn't say that. Most coffees, you get approximately the same amount of coffee beans that you use cherries. Because oh. you take the raw cherries, you process them and roast them. Mm -hmm. And that's your coffee beans. Okay. Okay. Well, why is this one different? Do you know what Thailand has a lot of? Water? Besides that. Thailandians? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> this coffee is produced by elephants. You understand where this is going? I think so. Elephants eat the Arabica coffee cherries during the digestion process. So they eat regular coffee cherries? Yep, they eat them like, yeah, they okay. just eat them. During the digestion process, the stomach acid breaks down the coffee cherry proteins, mm -hmm. which adds a rich flavor to the final product. Okay. My mind is going places. I want you to know that. We're going to discuss it when you're done. Okay. The cherries are then collected from the elephant's feces. All right. Would you like my thought? Nope, not yet. Okay. Now, supply depends on a few different factors. How many elephants there are? One, the availability of the hand-selected Quality coffee cherries, because they're very picky about which ones they will feed to the elephants. Elephants will eat anything. Two, the elephant's appetite. Three, the number of cherries that are destroyed by chewing. Oh, we can't chew them. Oh, okay, that's true. We can't chew them. Correct. Okay. Four, the ability of the mahouts and their wives to recover the intact cherries. Mahouts are elephant riders, trainers, or keepers, by the way. Okay. And also, a lot of the cherries, the coffee cherries, are lost after being excreted in the bush. Oh, I'm sure they are. The coffee was first produced by Black Ivory Coffee Company at the Golden Triangle Asian Elephant Foundation in the Chiang San District of Thailand. That's an elephant refuge that cares for rescued elephants. Which is awesome. It is now produced in the Surin province of Northeast Thailand by the same company. The company says that about 20 elephants are used to produce the coffee and that 8% of sales are donated to the elephant refuge to be used to fund elephant health care. That's pretty cool. It also states that the consumption of the coffee cherries does not harm the elephants and that veterinary tests have concluded that the elephants do not absorb any caffeine from snacking on the coffee cherries. That's because we need, you know, that's what we want running around is a whole herd of caffeinated elephants. Hyped up elephants, yeah. Hell yeah. The what if they got espresso beans? Right? Well, you know, th that's a, a specific variety and the way it's roasted. And I, okay. I know, that was a joke. <laughs> and you didn't get it. No. 
The company claims to rescue elephants from the tourism industry. There is debate whether the black ivory coffee production is or isn't better for the elephants than other alternatives, such as a refuge, protected national park, or even simply promoting a healthier relationship between humans and elephants in general. It has been stated that the elephants are not suffering abuse to produce the coffee, as has been shown to be the case in the production of the Kopi Luwak. But ask yourself this, is the captivity justified? I don't really have an answer, but I wanted to know more about the coffee, so I went digging, and here's what I found. The flavor profile of the coffee is advertised as chocolate, tamarind, and spices. It is sold as whole bean only. It has a 3.9 star rating on Amazon, which is just one of the many places it can be purchased. 3.9 is not all that good. It is described as being... Digested and refined by elephants to give the most naturally fermented and sweet coffee beans. In fact, the company states on their website, Our elephants are all family members, and as such, pampered with love, nutritious diets, and daily baths. Are they getting a paycheck? Clearly not. They also say that the elephants snack on the coffee cherries voluntarily. The coffee is advertised as being roasted to order. It is said to have a tea-like consistency, unlike any other regular coffee. One of the most distinctive cups you will ever experience. It has been featured on CNN, Bloomberg, National Geographic, and others. It is available on Amazon for $120 for a 1.2 ounce portion of the whole beans, which will serve two to three people, depending on your preferred cup size. With a 3.9 star rating. I took the time to read some of the verified Amazon reviews. Oh, you went, you dug deep. Yes, I did. And I thought I would share a few excerpts from those reviews with you. Ooh, I love a good review. What did they say? Well, we found it a bit less bitter than most coffees we have had. It was just slightly so. So are they saying it's not worth $120 for two cups? I'm simply going to read these and you make your own. I'm making them out loud. Yes. Very smooth and delicious. Scary. To the average coffee drinker, this isn't worth the money. No flipping doubt. I hate how good this coffee is because I spend too damn much money on it. Oh, that poor asshole who's got too much money to know, doesn't know what to do with it. Wow, this coffee is expensive, but equally good. It's got luxury written all over it, from the gold seal to the funky valve on the inner packaging. I read one review that said that the gold seal looks like the stickers you can buy at any office supply store, and that it is sealed into an ordinary vacuum-sealed bag like most decent coffees that you buy in the bag that have the little plastic vacuum seal built into the bag are. Yes. Yes, nothing special at all here. And I will leave you with this final review to ponder while you drink your own cup of coffee. Whomever said this smells like cherries when open got something way different than me. This product smells and tastes like elephant poop. How do they know what elephant poop tastes like and smells like? (laughs) Maybe they work in a zoo. Nice. Good job. That was awesome. And you think you're a coffee lover. All right. (laughs) All right. I I I have... You have some thoughts. I do. Okay. Share them with me. So we pay a lot of money for the coffee that monkeys poop out. And we pay a lot of money for the coffee that these servos. Civets. Yep. 
And we pay the most money for the coffee that the elephants poop out. The bigger the animal, the more it costs. Okay, that makes sense. Why aren't we doing it? Swallowing coffee beans whole and pooping them out? Absolutely. That's a good question. I, can, I think you should... Tr- I can't believe somebody's not doing this. We eat coffee beans all the time. Well, we but eat- you eat roasted coffee beans. You need to be able to swallow the coffee cherries whole. Do we know how big these coffee cherries are? Let me Google that because for you. Depending on how much money we make off of this, this could be our next job. Well, it's been nice knowing all of you listeners. We've found a new new sideline. <laughs> We're going to be rich. We're going to poop coffee beans. Buy our coffee. We could sponsor ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a sponsor? <laughs> we need to sponsor ourselves. All right, let me see here. Coffee cherries. This is what they look like. So you can see, they're not huge. No. Now you have to eat them. You have to swallow the whole thing whole. You can't cut them in half. Yeah, because if you cut it in half, you're destroying the coffee bean. So so if you see here, this is what a coffee cherry looks like. It is pretty good size, but I think I but can do that. But here's the thing. So see this inside here? Yeah. That's your green coffee bean. So that has to go through your digestive system, and then you have to poop it out. And then your body breaks down. The digestive process breaks down. The outer shell. And then, yes, and then you... I can't believe somebody hasn't tried this yet. I mean, they're, they're fairly decent size. They're about grape size. I think they're, they might be smaller, than, smaller grape. than grape. More like maybe cranberries. Yeah. Could you swallow a whole cranberry? I probably could, but I'd have to do it one at a time. I'm pretty sure the elephants are probably doing it one at a time. No, they're not. They eat them by the handfuls. Well, oh. by the... By, by the, the trunkful? Trunkful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so see, here's kind of a, you can see. Not horrible. No. He's got huge fingers, so they're smaller than that. (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. That's, and then it looks like it's possible that there might be, actually be like two coffee beans in each cherry. I can't believe people haven't tried this, honestly. Okay, well, I, uh. Stumped you, didn't I? So here, I just want you to see. So this is, this is what a coffee cherry looks like. And then this is once it's been completely extracted. Yep. And then as it's dried, it looks like this. Mm-hmm. And then these are as That's it's roasted. That's what we're familiar. Yep. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. So, right. there you go. I'm going to Google that. Just, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that. All right. You do Let's a little research. Yeah. Hell yeah. This, I will say, this story has taken a little little turn down a rabbit hole I never saw coming. I can't believe you didn't see that coming. Never Never in my even wildest here's, dreams. Here's my actual other real thought on this whole thing. Yeah. This is the most expensive coffee in the world. These people are making tremendous amounts of money out of having someone dig through elephant feces. Yep. I have a hard time believe believing that they're not doing this for profit. I question whether the elephants are as well taken care of as they supposedly state. I know. I kind of wondered why they took the elephants out of the refuge. Yeah, you know, if you are, elephants belong out in the wild. I mean, and that's just plain and simple. They don't belong caged up in any way. I do recognize, however, that there are a need for um, sanctuaries, refugees, and zoos who take in animals who have been injured or who have been, unfortunately, as we've discussed multiple times, taken as a pet. Yeah, and then they can't be put. And out then the they, wild. Ca- yes, they've been basically humanized. 
can't be released out into the wild because for whatever reason, whether it be injury, illness, or human interaction, they can't take care of themselves. So I definitely do recognize the need for these places. But, yeah, wild animals belong in the wild. Yeah, that's my other thing is I have a hard time believing that these animals are as well kept because we know animal care is not cheap. I know, and that blows my mind, too. They're only donating 8%. Right. They're keeping 92%. And that blows my mind. That's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. So that was my actual real thought. Yeah. I had that thought, too, when I was when I was digging through the story. And like I said, I, I came across this and I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then as I started digging, it was like, no, I need more information. So I actually mm-hmm. went to their website. I went to Amazon. Right. Well, that's what we're doing. You know, I and dug... the reviews aren't even that good. No, and and I very... I tried to pick more middle of the road reviews, not the five star, not the one star, but more the middle of the road. What seemed like actual honest reviews. I tend to not even look at products that have anything under a four star review. Right. Oh, yeah. When I'm looking for a product on Amazon, that's one of my filter things is four-star yeah. now. And when I look at that, I'm not going to buy a product that has five reviews. Right. I want something that has hundreds or thousands of reviews. Right. So, yeah. I was going to look and see here if I get to give you a... Oh, I need a calculator. Calculator. So, let's see. We had $120 a pound. A pound. Divided by 16. No, no. I no, it was that. like, it was an ounce or something. It was like 1.2 ounces or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's 1100 It was $1,100 a, a pound. pound. And what did we say? 330 pounds? 320 pounds? 330. So let's just go with in excess of 350000 U.S. dollars, which in Thailand is an insane amount of money. It sure as hell is. We need to get ourselves an elephant. And we need to get some cherry pits. And out of that, out of that, they are donating approximately $28,000 to the elephants. Wow. And the elephants are doing all the work. Well, you know, somebody has to dig through the feces. And somebody has to roast the beans and package them up in their fancy packaging. It doesn't take long when you only have 330 pounds. Right. Well, you know, they roast them to order. Crazy. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting... Who would have thought that that story would promote that much discussion? Yeah. So there are other other websites that you can order it from. Amazon is usually the least expensive. Yeah. It, it seemed to be the one closest to... Wow. But here you go. Here's the packaging it comes in. So this is this... And then inside this... $210. Well, this is on a, not on Amazon. This is on just, I just wanted to pull up a picture. So That's it comes insane. in. See, uh, this elephant uh, had this little dwarf trainer and. Uh... <laughs> just used to put a little ballerina skirt on that elephant. <laughs> I go around circling like that. It was so laughable at the time. There was a rumor going around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were lovers.
squash. <laughs> Shoot the <laughs> I don't know whether it's because of rumor or not, but they're buried together. <laughs> Great big tombstone. Guess it's not elephants, huh? No. Just a. Uh, I was at this freak show one time and I. I saw these Siamese elephants. joined at the end. They was joined at the end of their trunks like that. And this uh, trainer make them stand up on their back feet like that and they had their trunks stretched like that. Then this little monkey had come out. Dance some merengue right out there. <laughs> kind of felt sorry for them. They couldn't go like the other elephants when they go. <laughs> All they could do is just blow and go. North. <laughs> type package with a gold seal on the outside and then inside of it is a vacuum sealed plastic bag with a filter an air lock filter in it yeah so yeah what are you trying to do i was trying to enlarge the picture but it just kind of blew up and it's going insane <laughs> it's going insane 
All right. All right. Your phone's crazy. No, you're crazy. I know. All right. This is called accident or invention. Okay. Okay. Revolution is occurring. Has occurred. A revolution you never even noticed happened. Okay. Where was this revolution? In cooking. Where else would it be? Okay. The first method of cooking since man invented fire. Any thoughts on that? Keep going. 1940. All right. 1940. Okay. I wouldn't have been my guess, but okay. This is an accidental discovery. Here's the scoop. You don't even know what product we're talking about yet. No, which is why I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I keep going. All right. Back in 1940, there were two scientists. Hold on. Are we talking about T-Fall? Teflon? Is that a cooking invention? Oh, oh, oh. I was thinking like a pot, pan, you know what I mean? Like... An accidental discovery related to cooking. So I was thinking like, oh, maybe Teflon. Nope. Okay, gotcha. Okay, you're being like, okay, all right. Sir John Randall. Is this deep fried turkey? No. Bacon? No. Damn it. Dr. Booth. What? Invented a device called a magnetron to produce microwaves (gasps) in their lab. As soon as you said the magnet, I knew. Yep. At England's Birmingham University. The magnetron is actually a high-powered vacuum tube that works as a self-exited microwave oscillator. Okay. Crossed electron and magnetic fields are used in the magnetron to produce high-power output required in radar equipment. Yes. Which they needed for war. Yes. I know someone who uh, tried to cook a turkey with a radar once. Magnetron's job is to generate fairly short radio waves. You can see them. You could easily measure them with a ruler. They're usually no shorter than about one millimeter and no longer than about 30 centimeters or 12 inches. The magnetron does its stuff by resonating like a flute when you pump electrical energy into it. But unlike a flute, it produces electromagnetic waves instead of sound waves so that you don't hear the energy it's making. And you can't see that either. So what do they want the magnetron for? It was pretty simple. The magnetron is a key component to the radar, which bounces microwaves off the enemy's war machines, which tells us where the enemy is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just cut right to the chase, make it super simple. They weren't out to cook food. Nope. So after the war in 1946, a Raytheon company engineer named Dr. Percy Spencer was about to make history. So Dr. Spencer is he's in the lab. He's performing some tests on a magnetron tube when he gets hungry for a snack. Okay. He's got a chocolate bar in his pocket. Only he doesn't have a chocolate bar, he has chocolate soup. He's got a gooey mess. He reaches in there and he has a gooey mess. He is well aware of the fact that Magnetron produces heat, but he never felt any, thus not assume, not realizing. Right. So he suspected that the Magnetron had melted the chocolate, not positive yet. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm near a machine and my chocolate bar melts and other things melt or other things get cooked, I would assume that that machine's doing the same thing to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure I would be thinking about a new invention. I'd be like, I just need to get away from this thing. It's not going to be safe. So he needs to test his theory. He has a theory. Now he has to get into the science portion. Okay. So he sends out for a bag of popcorn and he places it in front of the magnetron tube. And the popcorn pops all over the floor. All over. Everywhere. Because there's no bowl. There's no bowl. So next morning, he brings in a kettle. He cuts a hole in the side, and he puts an uncooked egg in its shell. I don't know why that was important, but in its shell. 
into the pot. He puts the Megatron against the hole and he turns the Megatron on. Now he's working with some people that think he's a whack job. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can understand this. Okay. I mean, if somebody came into your job and dumped popcorn all over the floor in front of your machines and said, wait, do you see this? You'd have been like, what the hell did you smoke last night? Basically, yeah. So when you're skeptical, what do you do? Roll your eyes, laugh at them, talk about them behind their back. Pay attention. Ignore them. Pay real close attention. And this skeptical doo-doo actually leans over the pot oh, to Jesus. watch this happen. And, of course, we all know that if you cook an egg in a shell, what it the explodes. hell happens? It explodes. Why does the egg explode when you cook it in the microwave versus boiling it on the stove? Well, because you don't have any water. The egg cooks faster than the yolk. So which it makes expands. the egg yeah. fall apart, yes. Is this where we get the expression egg on his face? <laughs> Good Possibly. Question. So, Spencer files for patents on the use of microwaves for cooking food. One of his patents even illustrated the popping of popcorn. And then he's raised the on, the company he works for, sets out to make the first microwave oven. I mean, let's be honest. Okay. Is there really any reason to own a microwave other than popcorn and reheating your coffee if you need? I um, heated some frozen dinners in it last night. I haven't owned a microwave in 12 years. So. Hell no. Because you can't afford them. Because I'm going to tell you how much they cost. Oh, okay. Okay. So, the company sets out to make the first microwave oven. What year? Uh, 47, 48. They call it the radar range. Okay. All right. God, they've been around that long? Yes. So, they build this oven, but it's pretty big. Uh, yeah. It's pretty big. And the radar ranges didn't really sell very well. Well, listen, if you have to put something in that takes up half your kitchen so you can make popcorn. Right. So, by 1955... Raytheon had begun licensing its microwave technology, and Tappen, which we're all familiar with, introduced the first home model at the very low price of $1,295. Dear God, which was a fortune back then. It's $11,000 today. Oh, my God. Can you imagine paying can, more for your microwave than your car? I was going to say, I think I can buy a microwave for like $29.99 at Walmart. It's going to be a great microwave, but I can buy one. All right. So they sell at twelve ninety five, they sold. Jesus. Yeah. Ten years later, Raytheon acquires Amana Refrigeration, and the first Amana radar ranges started showing up. Is that what we had growing up? Mm, I, I believe so. I feel like so. we had an Amana. I remember when we got For it. For a more affordable $495. thing was huge, too. Dear God. Yes. So, <clears throat> what about nuking babies or cats in the microwave? Not something I would recommend, personally. Oh. Why would you do this? Stories of this kind have been floating around for a lot of years. There was a woman uh, who supposedly killed her baby in the microwave oven way back in the late 1870s. Wow. So is that true? Did you say 1870s? No. They weren't invented until what, I thought, 1946 I, 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 I know, or so. but I, th I thought you misspoke. No. That's why 1970s. I was like... 1970s. That's why I was like, What? All right, so Cecil Adams wrote a book called The Straight, Straight Dope, and he said he couldn't find any evidence of a baby being burned in a microwave those years. But sadly, things have changed. It seems that people have not gotten any smarter or nicer with the changing of the times. In October of 1982, a Grand Rapids, Michigan woman burned her foster daughter in her microwave. She was not the first. She was the first reported to have used her microwave for such a heinous person, but she definitely wasn't the last. 
Cats being nuked is a totally different story. There's a lot of wackos walking around out there that we can be certain have tried it. We're not even going to go into yeah, that. Yeah, let's not, because I don't like animal abuse. Right. We like to think that we are more sophisticated than our ancestors, but occasionally I have to question that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, they're really, I mean, as far as nuking babies in the microwave, there were a couple stories about it, but nothing super concrete and like not an overwhelming amount of stuff because honestly most babies aren't going to fit into a microwave right you have to be tiny i mean well think about the microwave we grew up with though well that was was quite larger we're probably lucky dad didn't nuke us (laughs) yeah yeah wow drinks are gone we got to go bye (laughs) well i was gonna say on that note i know. know how you were talking about radars yes and okay so I don't have verification I wasn't there, but I know someone who was in the military who, during the Gulf War, worked on a rig with radars. Okay. Who claimed that they tried to cook a Thanksgiving turkey on top of the radar. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Apparently, like, a 1.2 second burst was too long. Well, now we're talking military radar, which is a little bit more than our normal radar. Yes. Yes. Should have turned it faster, boys. <laughs> well, you have to be inside. You have to go up. You put the turkey. You have to go back inside because you can't be up on top with it. So, yeah. So they literally, he said they flipped the switch on and back off, and they went up, and it was toast. That was a waste of a damn good turkey. I know. Damn it. But, like yeah, I said, keep happens. in mind, I wasn't there. I don't right. have verification that this actually happened, but it is an amusing thought. That is very true. So. All righty. Thanks to everybody who stopped by. Spent part of their day with us, whether it be afternoon, morning, evening, night. Who lent us their ear because we, we're we short a few here. Yes, we are. We hope you enjoyed all the little stories you heard today. Yeah. They are all true. Honestly, we don't make this shit up. We couldn't if we tried. God, no. You can find us on Facebook and tell me something I didn't need to know. We're also on Twitter at TMSIDNTK. Same with Gmail, TMSIDNTK. We are now on Reddit. We are on Reddit. Woohoo! Yes, I'm excited. I don't know what we're going to do with it because I don't know how it works, but we're on Reddit. Well, we have an Instagram account, too, that we haven't yet done anything with because we're still trying to figure this out. Listen, we're old. We're all over the place, but we have not a clue what the hell we're doing. (laughs) We're really active on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, Hannah is. she's, She's our Twitter queen. Me, I'm the Twitter joker. I'm just throwing little bowling balls in the air and trying to catch one of them. Did you hear about the guy who found 150 bowling balls? Yes, in his I was going to do that story. I haven't done that yet. Okay. But yes. All right. I won't. I won't go yes. there yet because that's awesome. Because it's in here. It is. It's, here. it's right here in town. It's right here in Muskegon. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, right. Any suggestions, ideas, comments? We welcome them. We love them. We get a lot of suggestions from some of our listeners, and they're amazing and they're awesome. And we've done some fantastic stories with them. So keep them coming, guys. Keep them freaking coming. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast. Leave us a rating and a review. That really, really, really is helpful to us. It not only lets us know how we are doing, but it helps us get our podcast out there for others to enjoy. And other people understand, too. I mean, if they look at a rating and review, because Han and I look at ratings and reviews before we purchase most anything, it tells other people yeah, if it's something worth paying attention to or listening to. Yeah. So So if you have a minute, rate and review us. Rate and review us. You can find us literally anywhere. anywhere. 
that you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podchaser, Overcast, Podcast Addicts. There's so many of them out there, and we're on pretty much all of them. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, we're working on Pandora. Yeah. That's very exciting. I know. We have a lot of exciting stuff going on. We do. We're But it's amazing because we... We do these two podcasts, which we research and write our own stories for. We handle the social media. We both work full-time jobs. And we have lives outside of this. Yes. Yes. You do. Well, see, you do most of the social media stuff. I do the editing and producing stuff. Yes. But so, I'm just saying. It's very so, full. It, it is, is a very, very full, full life. But it, we it's love awesome. it. We it wouldn't change. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think either of us would change it for the world. God, no. That's a lot of fun. We're like... We're like grown-ups who haven't grown up. Mary. Yeah. Do you have a final thought till next time? I have no thoughts left. Really? Yeah. Do you have a thought? I could use a cup of coffee. All right. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See, uh, this elephant uh, had this little dwarf trainer and... Uh... <laughs> Just used to put a little ballerina skirt on that elephant. go around circling like that. So I thought it was so laughable at the time. There was, there was a rumor going around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were lovers. freak show one time and I, I saw these Siamese elephants.
was uh, joined at the end. joined at the end of their trunks like that. <laughs> and this uh, trainer make them stand up on their back feet like that, and it had their trunk stretched like that. <laughs> then this little monkey had come out. <laughs> walk out there and dance some merengue right out there. <laughs> kind of felt sorry for them. They couldn't go like the other elephants when they go... <laughs> All they could do is just blow and go, North. <laughs> One that sneezes, the other's eyes get real big. 